Guys, I'm pumped. I'm fired up to praise God. But now we're going to get to an important part of our time together, and that is the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, the Eucharist, whatever you want to call it. And as you know, guys, we are been studying out the cross and the Savior, right? How are we doing with that? You guys up up to date? Oh, there wasn't a whole lot of yeses on that. Well, just keep reading. It'll impact you. But if you haven't gotten to the second chapter, you can actually hear some of that today, all right? I actually want to talk about a topic that I think is very important, and I think it is addressed directly and indirectly in the book, but it's something I particularly have been emphasizing on in my recent class, Foundations of Missional Culture, in which I just came back from an intensive in Abilene, where I literally had to be in class from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., five days in a row. So a little bit of information overload. But here's, here's, here's the statement. Pixels are replacing people. Here's a great quote from USA Today. I'll put it up on the screen. USA Today reported that a chef named R.J. Cooper was opening a new restaurant. I believe it was in Virginia area. A carpenter asked him whether he wanted a cell phone charging station at the hostess deck and answered abruptly, no, 100% No. The article went on to report that restaurant owners are struggling to create a dining atmosphere free from the distractions of social media and electronic communications. Several have banned cell phones. Social media distractions, they argue, are destroying people's ability to be present with one another at a meal. The ambience of the restaurant was being ignored. Cooper questioned, whether the restaurant was losing its very reason for being. Convicting, right? How hard is it to just put your phone in your pocket when we go out to eat with one another? How hard is it when we're at home to leave it in the office and to be able to sit at the table together and be present? Pixels are replacing people. We're losing the ability not only to be present with one another, but I believe to be present with God. We need to be present with Him. We need to be present with each other. And we need to be present with our neighbor. People are longing to be known. What the the world actually longs for is the Lord's table. They just don't know it yet. The Eucharist is everywhere. It's in your neighbor's house next door. It's in your classroom. It's at a bar. It's in a theater. It's wherever people gather. There's this deep longing within us to be present. You know, the Lord's table is all about presence. Turn to Matthew 26. One of the three gospel accounts, it records this. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. It's all about presence, God's presence through Jesus, 
their presence with him and with each other. How different this scene would have looked if there were cell phones. I actually found a video, but it was in Italian, so I couldn't show it. Didn't understand a word they were saying. But it actually showed the Lord's Supper with all of them being distracted by technology. It was pretty funny, actually. But And even as we think of so many pictures, which is why I didn't pick one to put up there, particularly Leonardo da Vinci's famous Last Supper, that's not how it was. It wasn't this long table where they're sitting side by side, not looking at one another. It was most likely in the rounds. Other places in scriptures in Mark 3 says, seated in a circle around him, he said. They were present. They were interacting. There's action here. It says, take, eat, drink, thanks, blessing. It was all done together. Communion was communal, not individual. What's happened to us? See, the Lord instituted something that demands presence. Otherwise, what's the point? The whole 1 Corinthians 11 is really a rebuke that the disciples weren't present during that time. And he even says you're not even taking the Lord's Supper, even though you're going through the practice. And I was convicted as I continued to think about this, how many times I come to this moment, And what do we think about? What did Jesus actually want them to remember by this practice of the Lord's table? Is it the cross? He didn't mention that yet. Is it the fact that we're sinners? Well, we are, but he doesn't really mention that either. In fact, the only actual topic by name that he mentions of why he's doing this is forgiveness. And yet how often we come and we talk about the cross, we talk about his death, we talk about his burial, we talk about his resurrection, we talk about why did he die, because we're sinners, we sin. And yet what he wants us to do when we come together in communion is to remember forgiveness. We should not come to this time with guilt, we should come to it with gratitude. And I believe if we're present in that moment, as we take the bread and the cup and we remember forgiveness, how will that change us as we go into the other areas of our life? Didn't he say that you can't be forgiven if you don't forgive? If, we don't, if we're not present in this moment and truly appreciate the incredible gift of forgiveness, what are we doing? You know, I love what Mark Templer says in his chapter 2 of this book. He says, forgiveness is at the heart of the cross and at the heart of Christianity. Forgiveness is what makes Christianity unique as a religion. Other major world religions expect their followers to do good, to do right, but they do not provide a clear path to forgiveness, nor do they help their followers realize their need to be forgiven. Christianity, through the sacrifice of Christ, reveals the need for forgiveness and opens up the door to forgiveness for all of us. I think perhaps the hardest part of forgiveness that we forget is we need it. Right? When we forget we need it, then we're not grateful we have it. And we're not grateful we have it, we don't give it to others. 
See, the Lord's table, the presence of being with him, I think is interconnected with forgiveness. Because the more forgiven we believe we are, the more grateful we are that we needed it and we have it, the more I think we're willing then to bring that forgiveness, to bring the presence of God, because that's why we need forgiveness. Sin separates us. Without forgiveness, we can't actually be in his presence. It's the key. I think the reason we're less and less present in this world is because there's less and less forgiveness. Because that's what leads to presence. Presence with God. Presence with each other. See, when I know how much I need forgiveness, I tend to be more willing to forgive others. When I know how much grace I need, the more grace I want to give. And then he says, as you forgive, you'll be forgiven. How forgiven do you all want to be? Then how forgiving should you be? I'm going to forgive 100%. I want 100%. I don't want 50%. I want 100% because I need it. See, the focus of communion is not to remember our sins and what it did to Jesus. It's to remember that because of our sins, we need forgiveness. And only Jesus is the one who can give it to us. Gratitude, not guilt. That's what we should feel when we're in his presence. If we're leaving here guilty, then we haven't really been in his presence today. And if we're not in his presence, we're not really actually taking the Lord's table. Because his presence and that practice are one and the same. How present are we? The result of this presence with God and with each other was not meant to stay simply here. The Lord's table is not something that should only be present in this short moment in a worship service that we have scheduled. It's meant to go to every area of our life. You know, one of my favorite passages concerning the Lord's table, it's one of the first occurrences after his death, is the two men on the road to Emmaus who encounter the resurrected Jesus, but what? Do not recognize him. Jesus is present, but they don't recognize his presence. Jesus is there, but they don't realize he's there. Is that how our Lord's tables become? Is that how our lives in our home has become? Is that our lives in our careers and our classes become? That the Lord is there, but we don't recognize it because we're not present. We're not present with him. Jesus was present, but they did not recognize it. But in Luke 24, something changes it. And of all things, it's the Lord's table. When he is at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? Well, he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us. When they walked, Jesus was present. When they heard the scriptures, Jesus was present. But not until the bread was broken did they recognize his presence. If we don't recognize his presence right now, as we remember him, then will we when we're at home? Will we actually remember his presence on our job, in our classroom, next door? The Lord's table is about his presence, and his presence is not limited to Sunday. 
He wants to be present in all areas of life, and actually he is. The question is not, is Jesus present? The questions are, do we recognize his presence? Here, out there, there's really no in-out with Jesus. The second question is, when you do recognize him, do you welcome him? That's really the two questions. It's not, is Jesus present? He is. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. (laughs) Right? In my recent class, we talked about spaces in life. Spaces where Jesus wants us to recognize him. Wants us to welcome him. It was described in three terms. I'm going to go ahead and show it to you. It's called the three circles. The first circle is the close, not the closed, the close circle. That's why it's solid. It's in this place where we're only recipients. Who's the host? It's Jesus. We're in his presence, and we get to receive it. And that close circle represents the body of Christ because of being in Christ, we're family. No matter who we are, what we're from, how old, how young, man, woman, it doesn't matter. We're family. We're close. And we're recipients of his presence. But he doesn't want his presence to remain there. He wants it to go into the next area, the dotted circle. Why still the circle? Because it's still predominantly us as believers being together. But it's dotted to leave space for others to be invited. To come squeeze in and witness God's presence in our lives. This is where we become the hosts. We're the recipient in the closed circle. We're the host in the dotted circle. This is where we just live our lives as Christians with each other. Not alone. You can't do that alone. You can't be a circle by yourself. But we have this flexibility to allow people to come in. But you know what's sad? As I visit some of the dotted circles, and it feels like it's closed. People who move in don't feel like they're welcomed. Visitors who need forgiveness, who need what they see in you, but we're too focused on ourselves or on our pixels. The Lord's table needs to be there. We just don't realize it. But it shouldn't stop there, should it? It's got to eventually move to the half circle. That's the world. The world that needs forgiveness more than any circle. But there, we're only guests. You know what's cool is when you, we're going to see this later, is the Lord's table should be in all three. Right now, we are practicing the Lord's table in the close circle. But it must extend to the others. See, in the dotted circle, we become the hosts. It's dotted because it's gathering of disciples as a circle, but it has openings so strangers are welcomed in. It has always been Jesus' intention for the Lord's table to move from the close circle to the dotted circle. You don't believe me? Turn to this passage in Mark 6. Feeding of the 5,000. This is the CSB version. When it grew late, the disciples approached him and said, This place is deserted, and it's already late. Send them away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and village to buy themselves something to eat. What just happened? The close circle only wants to remain close. They basically said, "Uh, Jesus, 
we're close, we're tight, we're family. Thank you. Thank you that I belong to this. But these other people, you know, send them away. We love receiving from you, Jesus, but no, this is our thing. And what does Jesus say? You give them something to eat. You now are me. I hosted you, you host them. Whoa. They said to him, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Here's the problem. They, they got it. They go, okay, we can't just be the close circle. So I got to jump into the dotted circle, but they now separated themselves from the close circle. Because now they're in the dotted circle, no longer connected to the host, who's the power, the energy, the strength, the ability, the miracles, the faith, the forgiveness. Okay, now we got to do it on our own. Do I have to go buy all this stuff with my own money? I don't think I can pull this off. You're right, you can't. If you try to be the Lord's table in the dotted circle without also being in the close circle, it's the going nowhere. Jesus says, well, how many loves do you have? Go and see. He's not expecting you to feed them all. You can't give them the forgiveness that only he can give. But you can exemplify it. You can model it. You can give them what you have in Christ. And you know, there's the greatest thing, guys. Some of you I know, you're like, I'm not very good at sharing my faith. I'm not good at proclaiming the gospel. Evangelism is not really my thing. Are you kidding me? Does anyone here have a story of forgiveness? I think every single one of our hands should be up on that one. If you have nothing else, you have a story of your need for forgiveness and how Jesus gave it to you. How it changed your life. You don't think people want to hear that? They don't need all these wise words and theological debates. They need to see presence of God in your life so that they can believe the presence of God could be in their life. How cool is that? When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Good. Now that you know what you have, now let me get to work. You stay close. But let's become a dotted circle. Let's start allowing others to come in. You do what you can. Get your fish and your loaves. But I'm going to do the work. Because if you're close with me in my presence, and then you're close with each other, I can work. And look what he does. Then he instructed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. You're wondering where he got the Lord's table practice? He had done it much earlier. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, sounds familiar, he blessed, gave thanks, and broke the loaves. He kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Everyone ate and most likely drank, and was satisfied. They picked up 12 baskets full of pieces so that each disciple remembers who does it. Now those who had eaten the loaves were 5,000 men. Did you notice it? The same words. Take, break, eat, blessing, thanks. It's the Lord's table in the dotted circle being shared with others because Jesus is present there too. Right? It's a place where the forgiven us model forgiveness. At least, I hope so. Because if we don't know we need it, 
And if we don't model it, how can we give it to others? Because didn't he say, I did this to pour out my forgiveness on all people? Right? But see, the presence can't just remain in the close circle, and it can't just remain in the dotted circle. It must extend to the half circle. And that half circle, we're guests. We're not the hosts anymore. We don't Bible bang people. We don't force it down their throats. But here's the great thing that we forget. Jesus is already there. He's already present. He's waiting to have Eucharist with them. They just don't know it yet. But often, we don't know it either. When we come into that place, the half circle, sometimes we're so guarded, so worried, and we need to be. Because if we're not close with God and close with each other, it can have more influence on us than on us on it. But nonetheless, we must be there. Separate, but not separated. In the world, not of the world, right? We can't stay in the close circle. We can't stay in the dotted circle. we got to get to the half circle where forgiveness is needed. And yes, it can be glorious. It can be dangerous. It could even be scandalous. Jesus, tax, tax collectors and gluttons and drunkards. It can be scandalous being Christ in the world. But he's present. The question is, are we? So that's why I love so much the MLK Day yesterday is an opportunity to put the phones away and to just be with people. I got to go to the, the senior assisted living place in Richardson and it was so cool just being at the table. We're all doing crafts, and I had a couple different individuals, but one elderly gentleman came, and he couldn't quite get the thing off, so I just started peeling it, giving it to him, and he put it down. I'd peel it, and he put it down. But through just being present, I, I got connected to this guy. Leonard's his name. There's also this other woman, Myrtle, who is hilarious. Jordan can tell you about, about her because he, he was, man, she was going after you because you didn't put all the things on the craft. When you left the table, she, he left it naked. It was, it was really funny. It was funny. But there was something about being present. I began not just to see their needs or, or honestly to, to get something gratifying in me because I'm serving. I felt given too as I heard their life and I began to see Jesus' presence. I found out one of them was a gospel singer. We were trying to get her to sing. Jordan and I were trying to get her, but she wouldn't do it. But then eventually, one of the other residents began to sing a gospel song. And next thing you know, she's there singing with him. Jesus is present. But if we're not present, we won't recognize it. And we won't be that light, that salt, that when they recognize his presence, we could bring them into the dotted circle and the close circle. So what about the half circle? Is the Lord's table there? Oh, yes, it is. Turn to Luke chapter 10. This one's going to blow your mind. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. What? Wait a minute. How'd that happen? We were that close circle feeding the 5,000. Then you forced us to be hosts and be a little flexible. We allowed some people in. And guess what happened? It grew. How's it grow? Through the table. Through belonging. Through eating together. Through being present with one another. That's how it grew. So now he's got 72 of them. So do you think he's going to want them to remain in that dotted circle? Oh, no. He sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go, where he was going to be present. 
He sends you to where he is already preparing. And if you look back to your life, you'll remember that he was present before you were. Before you recognized it, before you welcomed it, he was there. But someone who did recognize his presence, who did welcome his presence, and was willing to be present with you, your eyes were opened. And it changed your life. And it still can. We all have a story of forgiveness to share with a world who needs it so desperately. Presence. He told them the harvest is abundant. Because he's there, of course it is. But the workers are few. We don't have enough people recognizing his presence. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Don't go after the world and separate yourself from the dotted circle and the close circle. You won't last. You got to pray to him. He's the one who needs to be recognized. We don't invite people to church. We invite people to Christ. And the forgiveness only he can offer. But the church should model it. So we've got to ask ourselves, are we truly forgiving one another in this room? Because if we're not, we're not giving that person in the half circle a chance. And that's sad because that could have been you. That could have been me. What if Julianne Jordan decided that day to not open her mouth and invite me? And by the way, she didn't invite me to church. She invited me to the table. <laughs> a little campus meal. In fact, Three or four of them before I ever got invited to church. They learned something. Let's see what Jesus said. Now go, because I'm sending you out to the harvest. Now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. It can be dangerous. But don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whoa, that changes our evangelism. No cold contact? What? Well, we can have cold contact. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's trying to emphasize a greater way. Whatever house you enter, wait a minute, what? Where is Jesus present? In the home, in the family, where hopefully there's presence. But I wonder how many homes there is no presence. Yeah, they reside there, but they're not attentive to one another. They come home, they turn on the TV, they go to their phone. Even at the dinner table, they may not even be at the table together. Or maybe if they are, they still have the TV playing. They have the phone next door. They're texting each other. They're taking pictures. There's no presence anymore. Jesus is there. The Eucharist is there. They just don't know it yet. They need the Lord's table. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this household because you're a guest. You're no longer a host. If a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if it will not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer. Who's feeding who here? Interesting. For the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't move from house to house. Don't become pixels. Moving from one thing to the other, being so distracted, so full of life, that you're no longer present. Stay a little while. I mean, I had to learn this when I first went to Russia. Because, you know, in America, you schedule appointments for people, right? You know, I'm going to meet you at 7, and then you hope to get out of there by 8, you know, right? Well, when I did the first time I was in Russia, you go, yeah, come over to your house at 7. I'm like, okay, cool, and then I'll plan something at 8 and something at 9. I get there at 7, and all of a sudden it's almost 8, and they still haven't even served the food yet. 
Then it gets to nine. I'm calling my other appointment. Sorry. Then it's 10. I'm like, when does this end? It doesn't. <laughs> they were even like, hey, it's getting late. It's cold outside. You want to stay the night? What? <laughs> but you know what? I fell in love with that. I stopped making multiple points. I'm like, whoever I'm with, I'm with. And if I'm there all night, I'm there all night. And it was awesome. There was connection. I didn't even speak the language well yet, but I felt presence. We need presence again. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. Did you notice what precedes the proclaiming of the kingdom? What comes before the sharing of the gospel? It's the Lord's table. One in which we are just guests discerning the Lord's presence in their lives. We actually have to take the posture of receiving before offering. We are waiting to see if the presence of Christ will be recognized and eventually welcomed. And if it's rejected, we move on. Wow, that takes evangelism in a whole different route. And yet it's beautiful. When's the last time you had someone you're reaching out to feed you? Jesus did it. Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. You're going to feed me. Why? Because that's how you recognize the presence of Christ. But do we even have the time to where someone we meet would even want to invite you? They do even think it's worthwhile? That a relationship with you could actually bring some joy? Caris, which is also part of Eucharisto, joy, grace. Kara is, is joy. Karis is grace. It's all part of it. Are we there? It's where forgiveness is most needed. See, Jesus is sharing the table with all kinds of people, and we've got to do the same. Here's a great quote from the book, The Faithful Presence, that gave me this idea. It says, here in the half circle, we go humbly and vulnerably, giving up all control, listening, waiting, tending to his presence, and letting Jesus work through this space between us and them across the table. This presence is what makes possible any and all proclamation of the gospel. The Lord's table, guys, must move through all three circles. When we practice the Lord's table only as a closed circle, we end up in a maintenance mode. Look at this picture. If this is how we function, if we just stay in that closing, we put up that wall, Yes, we'll we'll feel the presence, but at some point, we're going to get into maintenance mode. This is going to go through the motions, because forgiveness, if you're truly grateful for it, you know you need it, then it's got to be given to someone else, or you die. I will forgive as you forgive. If we never go out to the world to forgive, how can we truly know we're forgiven? It's not meant to stay there. We'll just get into maintenance mode, and I think we can do that even when we take the Lord's Supper. Now, if we move on to the next one and we only practice the table in the half circle, okay, we're going to get away from church organization and structure and meetings of the body. I just want to be in the world where the people need Jesus. I'm going I'm to fight for social injustice. Amen. But if you're only in that circle, eventually you lose connection to the power that's necessary to reveal God's presence. And you will be more affected by that world than you affect them. 
So we got to be careful because if you stay in that circle, the church gets in exhaustion mode. Why is nothing happening? Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Exhaustion. See, if we truly appreciate what Jesus did on the cross, and we're truly grateful for the forgiveness he has given us, then Christ's presence, the Lord's table, will extend to all areas of life. But you know what's so cool? As we're present with God, as we're present with each other and allow and invite others to witness that, then as we move to that last place, the half circle, we begin to see the presence of God in other people's lives. And when they recognize it and when they welcome it, then we can share the gospel. We can share our forgiveness story. They can get hope. And guess what happens? It turns the other way around. That person then realizes God is present in my life, but I can't do this alone. I need to be with people who are present with God. And so they come into that small group. They come into that family. They see it modeled. They don't see perfection because we need forgiveness. Just like them. But then they get to come into the close circle as they connect with Jesus and are forgiven in the waters of baptism, receiving the Spirit, getting that belonging in the presence that we all desire. This is the power of the Lord's table. This is the power of forgiveness. Recognize it. Welcome it. And be it for others. Let us go to God in prayer. Lord God, we want to humbly, vulnerably, together, commune with you. Forgive us that so often we can practice the Lord's Supper as simply a rote ritual rather than realizing the very presence of Jesus and what we're remembering. Forgiveness. Yes, there was a cost. Yes, it is our price, the sin that we committed against you. But Jesus was raised again. And when he said to remember him, he said to remember, I poured out this for forgiveness for all people. God, as we appreciate being present with you, help us to take that presence, that gratitude, that forgiveness, and model it in the small groups, in the dotted circle. Help it to be a place where we allow others to be invited in, to belong. And then, God, as we are sent where you are already present, help us to see your presence in their lives. And when people are taking the Eucharist, whether they know it or not, Help us to know what to share so that they recognize it, that they welcome it, and that we can all commune together. Thank you for the power of the table, the Lord's table, where the presence of God, the power of God, is real and transforms us. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for this bread and this cup. Yes, may us remember all the things surrounding the Passion account, But most of all, help us remember we need forgiveness, and you have given it. Help us to model it so we can give it to others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.